Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski, and I'd like to extend a big, 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 big warm-hearted welcome not only to um, our guest of honor, Father Lawrence Liu, but also I'd like to extend a big warm welcome to all of you that are signing on. And as you're signing on, we do ask that you say hello to us in the chat box. You know, you might want to say I'm Ramona from Rome or Alana from Uganda or Kathy from Chicago, wherever you're from. Uh, give us a big warm hello. Let us know that you're here um, because it's always just a little bit more exciting when we know people are here. So good afternoon, Liz Garcia. Good afternoon, Liz from Mississauga. Um, Liz uh, has got a very special place in my heart. I've known her since kindergarten, so that's a long time. And uh, she's also the artist that will be helping us paint um, an ornament for at our Advent retreat. Uh, Tracy from Maryland. Tracy is one of our new Catholic Moms Group leaders, so a big warm hello to Tracy. M Martha from Brooklyn. Yay, Martha, thanks for being here. Uh, Mrs. Schwartz, hello. It's been a while, yes. And Lucy, Lucy from Mississauga. Tracy from San Diego, California. Tracy, I keep on hoping you'll start a Catholic Moms Group there. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Kaylee Garcia. Uh, Menezes, thank you for joining us. And uh, Claude from Dubai. Uh, hello, Claude. Claude's a regular as well. Laureen from Cochrane, Ontario. Just a big, big warm welcome. Uh, my hat's off to all mothers for the work that you do. Uh, we love you. We're here to serve you. Our ministry uh, grew because of you and grew because of the pandemic. Midday Moms is a response to the pandemic. And um, now that the pandemic's over, many of us told, you know, many of you told us that you, that, that you like us. Anyway, for those of you that haven't heard about our ministry, I'm just going to take a few minutes now to share, if I can, our ministry video. Now, that's not what it's supposed to be, but this is, let's just... Some of you know that um, technology can keep us hopping, right? And so some of you have seen this video before, so thank you for your patience. Um, it's just three minutes long for those of you that haven't um, seen it before. And it's about our ministry, catholicmomsgroup.com. We're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood by helping parishes start Catholic Moms Groups. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the mom sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. 
Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. today with a very special guest, um, Father Lawrence Lude. He is the Promoter General of the Holy Rosary, the uh, Rector the at the Diocesan Shrine of Our Lady of the Rosary in London, England. And today he's with us all the way from Rome and he's written an incredible, beautiful book um, called Praying the Rosaries with the Sacred Mysteries made visible. Now, there's a long story that goes with how I first stumbled upon uh, Father Lawrence, but I won't bore you with all the details, but I'm really excited that he's here. And um, welcome, welcome, Father Lawrence, welcome. Thank, thank you very much, thank you. I really enjoyed watching that video just now. And uh, actually, I immediately picked up my, my phone to send a WhatsApp message to the uh, one of my parishioners who's running our mom's group. So I, I've given her the website. So I hope she'll check it in, check it out, and, and hopefully she'll write into you. Yeah, we have a, a, a great contact with um, a mom, and I think she's a dear friend of yours. Uh, I think Kiara. Kiara Albertino. I just got her a planner, yes. and uh -huh. I, I love it to pieces. 
and yeah. I keep on, you know, praying for ways that her and I could collaborate because she does such amazing work. And I know that yeah. you recently did a retreat for her moms, and I was kind of jealous. I was like, how do we get Mother Lawrence over here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so a, a big warm welcome across the ocean. Um, so just uh, one kind of question to get the ball rolling here a little bit. What does the Catholic Church teach about the souls in purgatory, this kind of being the month of the souls in purgatory? Yeah. Well, you know, we have a beautiful tradition of referring to the souls in purgatory as the holy souls, the holy souls. And, you know, sometimes people think that when we talk about holy souls, we're referring to the saints in heaven. And then we say, no, 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 we're referring to the souls in purgatory. And this is an important point because the souls in purgatory are bound only one way. They're headed up to heaven. There's no doubt about it. You know, St. John Henry Newman beautifully referred to purgatory as the antechamber of heaven, right? It's the room, you know, the chamber, if you want to call it that, the space that you await entry into eternal light, into God's graces in heaven and with the glory of all the saints. So, you know, it's wonderful to have... Um, to think about those who are in purgatory. The only thing about the souls in purgatory is that they can't pray for themselves. And so they cannot, um, you know, they cannot do anything to merit uh, any more grace as it were. So we can help them and we can intercede for them and pray for them and our love, it is our love that brings them comfort uh, in whatever pains they have to endure in purgatory. And let me just clarify that a little bit more. You know, why do the souls in purgatory experience any kind of pain? Well, it's that pain that we feel when with someone we really love, but we can't be with them and we miss them terribly. So the same, the, the souls and holy souls in purgatory are so close to heaven now, so close to, you know, perfect union with Christ in heaven, but they're not quite there yet because there are still worldly attachments, things that uh, they haven't quite let go of from this world. Uh, sinful things, not mortally sinful, but venial sins you know, imperfections and so on. All that has to be purified. And so um, in that process of purifying, they're purified by the fires of love, of divine love. And the pain and the suffering and the sorrow is because they're not there yet. And so uh, we can sort of comfort them in their sorrow and pain by uh, praying for them and doing so out of great charity and love for them. Our love comforts them. And so this is a teaching um, of the church, it's a teaching of Catholics and, and really um, the faith of Catholics going back right to uh, even before Christ actually goes back to the book of Maccabees, where it says it is a, a wholesome thing, a good thing to pray for the dead, and it is profitable for them. And we find in the early saints, and for example, St. Monica, the mother of St. Augustine, she asks Augustine to remember her at the altar and to pray for her at the altar. And she says there's nothing she wants more than those prayers for her to remember her in the Holy Mass. So this is why um, certainly in my parish in London, um, I'm also the parish priest as well as the rector of Our Lady of the Rosary in London. Um, we have Mass for the Holy Souls every single day. And we have a great every, devotion. Every, every single day. In November, wow. every day. But we have a great devotion to the Holy Souls in, in my parish. Mm -hmm. That's um, that's remarkably beautiful because, um, you know, I, I, I was born in Poland, but I was a young child when I came to Canada and 
my mother used to always say like, what's wrong with this country? What's wrong with Canada? <laughs> she goes, they forget about praying for the holy souls. As soon as November appears, people are talking about Advent and Christmas and they miss oh. all of the graces of November, right? There's so many graces yeah. for November. In Poland is a very big thing, but, but not just in Poland. In, in many deeply Catholic countries, I've just come back from Guatemala where as promoter general of the Rosary, I went to see the wonderful works that are being done by the Rosary Confraternity in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. They have an ancient confraternity of the Rosary that goes back beyond even the Battle of Lepanto, you know, that's before 1571. Oh and uh, when I was in Guatemala, I saw these huge kites being made. They're like round discs. And I said, what are these you know, beautifully decorated round discs? And they said, oh, these are kites that we fly on all saints and all souls. And then, you know, they have a special food that they eat. And of course, like in Poland, they will go to the cemeteries and they light candles. And, and I know that in Poland, the cemeteries become like, you know, this most beautiful place glowing with candlelight. And I just thought, oh, in Catholic countries, they really know how to honor and remember and pray for the holy souls. And how beautiful that is to show that much love for, for the holy souls. November is the month of the communion of saints. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what month is about. And this, it's a celebration of our union with one another in love through our union with Christ. So that's now, what I love. Remember. Now, Father, some of the moms that, you know, join our Catholic moms group, some of them have been sort of estranged from their faith. Some of them send their kids to Catholic schools, but they don't really practice the faith. And we're always kind of like reaching out to those moms, you know, specifically. So there might be a mom, you know, joining us today that she really doesn't know, like, what is purgatory anyway? So what is purgatory? Well, purgatory is, um, as the name implies, is where we're purged of our um, worldly affections, things that we cling to in this life, which are not um, conducive to heaven, that they're not of God, uh, things that we need to let go of, maybe grudges that we've held on to, uh, or it might be an attachment to uh, food, perhaps, uh, not the things <laughs> that, but, you know, just things that we're not willing to let go of, um, worldly things, I would say. Um, so all these things we have to be purged of, um, our worldly affections as well. Um, so that we can love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength, as Jesus says we should do in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful doctrine because you're not so, you know, we haven't committed, the souls that death who go to poetry are not so bad that they've committed a mortal sin. They're not in a state of mortal sin. Now, mortal sin, you know, kills the life of charity in the soul, mm -hmm. kills the life of charity. That's why it's called mortal. Mm -hmm. And that mortal sin, it is unrepented at death, separates us from God, not because God wants to keep us away, but because we have made that choice, that free choice in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, those who repent of their sins, um, sometimes we repent of our sins, not because we love God, but because we're afraid of hell. And what is, that's what's called uh, imperfect contrition. And so purgatory is a time to perfect our contrition, to be um, fired up with the love of God so that we can learn to love God for his own sake. And so we repent for God's sake, for the love of God. 
Okay. So that's one purpose. And, yep. and very often, uh, if you go to, you don't see them in America so much, although I can think of one place in America, in the Dominican church in New York, New York City, uh, the church of St. Catherine of Siena, has this painting of Christ on the cross. And under it are all these souls looking up and they're in red, in these um, orange and red flames. Mm -hmm. And very often people think that, you know, pictures of souls and flames are souls in hell, but they're not. The oh. souls in hell, if they're ever depicted, are shown in darkness. There's no light. Okay. But the souls which are being uh, surrounded by flames are actually surrounded by the flames of love. Remember when the Holy Spirit comes down upon us at Pentecost, the Spirit comes in the form of fire. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says that he wishes that fire were blazing already. That's a reference again to love on this earth. And so when we look at these pictures, we see that uh, souls in purgatory are being consumed by the love of God so that they are warmed up, as it were, by the love of God. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful reframing for me personally. Thank you for that. Um, many years ago, I, I ran a, a saints club and a rosary club at my children's elementary school. And very often the children there would kind of unload their burdened hearts to me, the volunteer that was, you know, the rosary lady. And uh, they would say, oh, you know, miss, 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 you know, my nonno died or my babcha died. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid, because like he used to drink way too much alcohol, miss. <laughs> They'd be so honest, you know. And, yeah. and so I, I would say, well, you know, and they go, where, where does, you know, where does my grandpa go? And where do, you know, and th these beautiful questions that would come from children. And I say, well, you know, when we die, we can go to a couple of different places. You know, we could go to heaven, we could go to hell, but then there's a special place called purgatory. And it's kind of like the dry cleaning of heaven, right? <laughs> you know, so that I said, if you were going to a party or a wedding and you were wearing a white dress, but there was a big stain on it, would you go to heaven with that big stain? And they go, oh, no, miss, no, right? I said, well, that purgatory is the place where we wash that stain out so that you're ready, right? And so the kids were very, very receptive to making little sacrifices and praying little prayers to help get, you know, souls out of purgatory and mm -hmm. into heaven. But they like they didn't know about any of this. And this mm -hmm. is kind of what got me motivated to start the mother's group, because I'm like, the kids are there, like they're there, but they're not getting the direction from the moms in order to participate in these little uh, uh, practices. Now, I, I wanna go now for a few moments to your um, beautiful book. I just, with stunning, stunning photography. Again, it's called Praying the Rosary with Sacred Art, um, Mysteries Made Visible. What would be the benefit, Father, of the practice of praying the rosary for souls in purgatory um, and how might one do that mm -hmm. yeah well uh, i said that november really is the month to remember the communion of saints and to remember that we're all united and bound to each other by love and we're united and held together by the love of jesus christ the rosary is a way of entering into that communion of love. It's an act of love that we do for one another, especially if you join the Rosary Confraternity. 
-hmm. And the Rosary Confraternity is what I call a spiritual network of love. Here we are connected through the internet in this wonderful way. We're connecting to one another and we're praying together. We prayed before we started this recording and we're conversing together. And um, this is helping us to grow in love and in communion for one another. So it is with the Rosary. We are united in a spiritual network uh, and we converse with God and we can pray for one another, even though we're not together in the same room on the same continent even, we can pray for one another. And in this way, we grow in our love for Jesus Christ, for what he has done for us and for in love for our Blessed Mother. And that love that increases unites us together. Love is a greatly enveloping thing. It always wants to include more and more people. Just as like when moms have a house and, and they have a kid and a family, they kind of want to include people in that love. They invite people for dinner, they play with their, you know, they have play groups with their kids and all that. That's all growing in love. And that's what love do. Love is always expansive, right? It, love is not an exclusive thing. It's a very open, welcoming thing. That's genuine love. That's a beautiful, unpossessive, godlike love. Mm -hmm. And that's the love we enter into when we pray the rosary, especially as members of the Rosary Confraternity. And this is why I think that, um, as I said earlier, that the souls in purgatory are comforted by our acts of love. They're comforted by our acts of love. And maybe I think a very useful way to think about purgatory, returning to that again, I love the image you have of the washing. But the, the image I, I use is the one that comes from Dante. So Dante, the great Italian writer, uh, reminded us that hell is cold. Hell is cold. And heaven is hot because the Holy Spirit is hot. Love burns hot, you know. And you see the sacred heart of Jesus is burning with love for us. And the Holy Spirit is, comes as fire, burns us up. And Mary is said to be closest to God, even higher than the seraphim and the cherubim. The seraphim and cherubim, uh, cherubim are the angels who are burning with love. And Mary is even closer to God than them because she has even more love. She is really on fire. I'm <laughs> so excited listening to you. <laughs> so heaven, uh, heaven is a hot place. You know, all you people who love heat, you know, if you live in, down in I know you're up in, uh, probably up in the cold part of the world now, but those of you who are in the cold place, you probably want heat, right? Now, think of the holy souls in purgatory. They're getting frostbite if nobody prays for them, right? They need our prayers and they want our prayers because when we pray for them with these acts of love, we're warming them up. We're warming them up. And that is what purgatory is about. Purgatory is being warmed up by the love that we have for one another and above all by the love of Jesus Christ so that they can then join all the other hot burning ones in heaven. That's, yeah? that, that's beautiful. That's a, a beautiful, beautiful um, analogy. I, I, I thank you for it. And, and, and while I was um, reading your, your book in, in preparation for our interview today, I, I was struck by all the beautiful photography. And for those of you that are looking for a good Christmas gift, this is like perfect. Um, can you tell me a, a little bit about um, just the photographs and why you, you thought it was mm -hmm. important to include them? And 
you know, it was it was really kind of refreshing to my soul because I'm so used to like looking at the brochure that has all those kind of, you know, standard images and 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 praying the rosary using this really began to open something up in me. And um, can you tell me a little bit more about your use of images? Yeah. Yes. Well, what you have in your hands is, is a, an example of how I pray. Uh, I pray with art and through art. And I do what's called a visio divina. Some people know the word lexio divina. And that's when you read a sacred text and you reflect on that text and you reflect on it theologically. A visio divina is what I call looking at a sacred art and reflecting on that piece of sacred art theologically. How does this work of art speak to me about whatever's being portrayed or depicted in that work of art? Mm -hmm. so, for, so what I've done is I've chosen, with the help of some friends, I've chosen 20 images for each of the 20 mysteries of the rosary. Mm -hmm. And I've then reflected on that mystery of the rosary using the art to provoke my thoughts and to bring out new reflections. It's a theological reflection based on the artwork. Now, the artwork is chosen as the fruit of prayer because what I did was um, I, I have many, many photographs because that's one of the things I, I, I do it for fun. For example, I've taken lots of photos to get today in Rome, um, where I am currently. But I chose uh, maybe three or four images for every mystery of the rosary and put together a whole folder of that. And then I, I sent those photos to a rosary prayer group that's based in Canada. The same prayer group, uh, the Marian devotional movement uh, that made the video, that made the documentary, uh, Bridge of Roses. Mm -hmm. Now, I asked them to pray over those images and to tell me, just vote, uh, and, and vote on what spoke to them most, what they thought represented those mysteries that we were celebrating and pray, praying in the rosary. So these are the 20 images they chose. They didn't always choose the images that I personally would have chosen. And I like that mm -hmm. because then it's a challenge for me to reflect on what they have chosen. And that's a collaboration between a rosary praying group. These are the kind of people who I think will use this book and between them and between myself. And, and I hope that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a great privilege for me to have this book, Mysteries Made Visible, published uh, this year, uh, just now by uh, Ignatius Press in California. And, and so another just, uh... Just, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to call it, but a beautiful God incidence. Um, I just wanted to just encourage all of you, those of you that haven't seen the movie, uh, The Bridge of Roses, the story of Our Lady of Cape, I encourage you to Google it and to watch it. Um, it will touch you deeply. And it was in watching that particular movie that I came to know of Father um, Lawrence. And then it was through that particular movie that I came to know of the confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary. And I, and I, I kind of thought to myself, how is it that such an old broad like myself has never heard of the confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary when I pray the rosary daily? And I immediately um, signed up and I encourage all of you too that are here today to sign up to the confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary. Can you tell me a little bit, uh, Father, about your involvement in the movie, um, The Bridge of Roses, yes. and how that came to be? And yeah. Yes, 
Um, well, it's a great privilege to be involved in the movie, and and it comes uh, it comes about because of my my particular role on behalf of the Order of Preachers. So the, the rosary is part of our sacred heritage as Dominicans. Um, it, you know, the rosary we believe was given to Saint Dominic specifically by Our Lady, and Mary asked Saint Dominic, our founder, to preach the rosary and to use the rosary uh, in order to help those who had fallen into heresy, okay? And so the rosary was preached and proclaimed and prayed by Dominicans for 800 years, uh, down the century. Mm -hmm. And um, the rosary that we all pray today in the church uh, with the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries is effectively the Dominican rosary. Mm -hmm. It was made popular throughout the church by the Dominican Pope, St. Pius V, Mm -hmm. during the Battle of Lepanto in 1571. And in fact, the first edition of that rosary book was published in uh, 2021 uh, uh, in order to, to celebrate uh, the 450 years of Lepanto. That's mm -hmm. why the book was originally published in the UK and the United Kingdom. Um, the publisher, incidentally, is uh, Pio Paolo Fernaldi, who is the husband of Chiara <laughs> So, and, um, so I was uh, in, in the Dominican order then, we have a responsibility given to us by the Pope to um, encourage and to guide the Rosary Confraternity and also to promote the Rosary. So my job as Promoter General of the Rosary, which I've been doing since October 2019, is to preach the rosary throughout the world on behalf of the Dominican order, to encourage Dominicans throughout the world to pray the rosary and to preach the rosary, mm -hmm. and to support, guide, and encourage the, the development of the rosary confraternity throughout the world. Now, in your book, and again, I encourage all of you to visit the Ignatius Press uh, website and uh, search Father Lawrence Le. How, how is it? What's the correct pronunciation? Is it Le or Liu or? It's, uh, well, I say Liu, uh, just like you'd say a book. It's a new book, so it's a new book by Liu. Okay. Okay. And. Uh, I, I would just really encourage each of you to, um, you know, I, I always say buy five or six of them, and then you've got them at home as a gift to give to people, either for their names day, a baptism, confirmation, Christmas. Whenever I find a book that I love, I say, okay, I'm going to get five or six copies and then have them on my bookshelf. One thing I thought that was brilliant um, in this book, besides the beautiful artwork, um, you, you give a variety of just fantastic tips on praying the rosary. Can you share maybe one or two of those tips? Sure. Um, well, uh, you know, many people say that they get distracted when they pray the rosary. And so I think that having sacred images uh, to hold our mind's eye and to hold our imagination can be very important. It helps me to focus on, on the rosary that I'm praying when I have art in front of me. And so my first tip is to use art. It doesn't have to be the art that's in the book. You can, you can compile uh, art from online. You can do that with your children. You can even produce art with your children. Well, that's, so your that's children, a great idea. <laughs> you create your own collection of rosary art, something that they can actually engage with. That's the first thing. I'm actually going to work with my publisher, Catholic True Society in the UK, 
to do a children's rosary book using specially um, illustrated uh, images of the rosary. Um, so that's our next project. The second thing I would say is, um, you know, when it comes to praying uh, for, for ourselves, monks are busy and you've got lots of distractions and all going on in your life. So if you find that you're getting frustrated because you can't pray, you know, five decades at a time or whatever it is you're used to doing, you know, when you were single, maybe it's easy to do that. Or when your kids have grown up and they've flown the coop, it's easier to do that. But I would say, for most people, try praying one decade at a time, okay? One decade at a time. And, and I even say to people, it could be whilst you're, um, somehow whilst you're brushing your teeth, you can pray the rosary, whilst you're, you know, waiting for, I don't know, the kettle to boil and you're making a cup of tea or whatever it might be, or coffee probably in your part of the world, you know, you can make, you can say the rosary then. There are different times throughout the day when you'll notice, in fact, that you have just enough time to fit in one decade of the rosary. And if we do that at different times scattered throughout the day, you'll be doing uh, what St. Paul asks us to do, which is to pray at all times. And secondly, you'll be surrounding your day with the beautiful mysteries of the rosary. You know, So if you do this conscientiously, you'll probably manage five decades or even more in one day. And, and that's been my own personal practice. That's what I do. You know, so I pray the rosary a bit at a time. And um, I don't know if in your part of the world people like to walk or not, but in, in London and certainly here in Rome as well, you know, people walk everywhere. Um, people don't drive around, so they do walk a lot. And when they walk, uh, when I walk, I find that it's a perfect prayer to pray whilst you're walking, is pray the rosary as you go. Oh, that's uh, those are some great, great tips. Um, I don't want to take advantage of your time, but I'm just so thrilled to have the time with you. Um, can I can I ask you one or two other questions? Is that okay? Yeah. Fine, yes. One one thing that I guess um, you know that are one of the reasons our ministry exists is is to help moms remember you know that the vocation of motherhood is exactly that it's a vocation and, and that it's a gift and a call from God and that our children are gifts from God and so how do you treat a gift from God and th th there is in my mind a little bit of confusion right now over you know what makes a good mother what makes a bad mother and you know God forbid we even say good mother bad mother but it's really hard in our day and age to be a Catholic mom, right? Um, probably because we're some, some of us are getting the wrong cues. You know, some women are looking to Instagram, others are looking to Facebook. Many haven't had the faith passed down to them. And I say that living sometimes in a North American culture is particularly hard. You know, I say that my mom, for example, she might have not needed a Catholic moms group in Poland because she had a community of Catholic moms, right? Um, but here, you know, a young mom might, you know, go to work and everyone in her workplace might be from a different faith. They might be a different gender. They might, you know, it's, it's just, it's remarkably difficult now being a Catholic mother. And... Mm would you have any words for you know catholic mothers or any thoughts or any encouragement just anything because there's a 
That's <laughs> depravity. That's depravity we're experiencing. I'll, I'll let you in on something. I, I don't have a Catholic mother. And I, uh, but what I do have, uh, I had a very, uh, I come from a strong evangelical Christian background. And uh, I had a very devout grandmother as well who brought me up for many years. And um, as a child, I remember my grandmother um, waking up early in the morning to do what she called her daily bread, which is like daily devotional readings of the Bible. And she would, you know, so my, my earliest memories of my grandmother is me lying in bed because I, I, shared, the, <clears throat> I shared the room with her. And she would be sitting by the window reading her Bible. And that meant that for me, uh, the Bible has always been a very important part of my life. The sort of truth of scripture has never really been questioned for me. And um, I think that was a very important witness. Uh, and my grandmother would always go to church uh, every Sunday. Uh, there were a few Sundays when I didn't want to go with her because I thought that it was really long and boring um, because we had one hour sermons and one hour of singing and, and one hour sermons are quite long. <laughs> so I, there were a few Sundays when I wouldn't go with her. But apart from that, she always made it clear that, that Sunday is for church. Um, and she, I would see her preparing for church the night before. So she put out a special clothing that she was going to wear. She prepared um, a head covering um, and she always prepared a clean $5 bill to put in the collection. If it was dirty, she wouldn't say she had to go to someone and get it changed. So she had a nice clean note to put in the collection because she said that's for God. Um, you know, so little acts of piety like that were very, uh, made a huge impression on me. My mother likewise, um, you know, loves the Bible and, um, you know, taught as well. And I think that, um, I think that as Christian parents, as well as Catholic moms, uh, we can do these things by talking about God, talking about the scriptures. And, you know, God isn't a thing. God is a person. Christ is a person. Our Lady is a person. The saints are people. And they are our friends. And so they are close to us. And we can talk about them just as we talk about any other friend. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, nowadays, uh, you know, we don't see our Maybe we don't, we don't have the luck to live near our grandparents. So we don't see our grandparents. But we talk about mom and you know, grandma and grandpa as though you know, they're, they're with us. You know? So I think that's one thing we can do. Um, and the, the, the rosary uh, is, shouldn't be a thing that, is, uh, that people are guilted into doing. But rather, uh, we do it because this is how we remember some very important uh, aspects of our life, of, of Christ's life, and what Christ has done for us. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to, to, to sort of share that as well with children. Yeah, and so, I, and I, I want to encourage the moms that are here today um, is to take the time to actually teach your children how to pray the rosary, and maybe they won't, you know, pray it as consistently as you like, but at least then they'll know how to do it. And, you know, God forbid you should pass. They have that knowledge. Because one thing that I didn't start praying the rosary regularly until my very late 20s, maybe even early 30s. I can't remember exactly. 
And it, like, it struck me as being strange because I came from a very devout Polish family. My mom prayed the rosary all the time. I saw her praying it, um, but she never sat down and showed me how to do it or told me how to do it. So I saw the witness of it. And then at one point in my late 20s, uh, when I hit kind of rock bottom and was extremely you know, depressed, I spoke to this one friend of mine who was particularly joyful. And I said, like, what gives? How, why is it that you're always so happy? And she goes, oh, I pray the rosary every night. I'm like, well, how do you do that? And then so she gave me a copy of the brochure. And I, I can honestly say that you know, praying the rosary saved my life. And I'll never forget that first rosary. Um, anyway, I, I don't want to get upset. Speaking about it, I can get quite emotional, so I won't get emotional about it right now. But I'm very grateful to our Blessed Mother for saving my life. There's just no other uh, way of saying it. So, you know, you might be like one of these pious religious mothers that kind of does it yourself, and you forget. You forget that there's a child next to you that needs to be spoken to and taught, right? Because they don't, you know, so anyway, I I don't mean to go on a tangent. Um, for, For those of you that are here, do you have any last questions that you might like to ask? Uh, Father Lou, um, just in the chat box before we sign off and before I start uh, thanking him, if you have any questions that maybe I haven't asked. But just remember, I always say these sessions shouldn't be, oh, it felt good, that was nice, was that ever cool? I'm always saying, what did the Holy Spirit call you to do after this midday mom session? What is the Holy Spirit calling you to do? Is the Holy Spirit calling you to order the book? Is the Holy Spirit calling you to pray the rosary and offer a decade for different souls in purgatory? Is the Holy Spirit calling you to start a Catholic moms group? Uh, We're not here just to have a good time. We're here to receive a call and then to act on it. Um, So um, anyway, Father, do you have any any closing thoughts? I don't see anyone adding anything additional in the chat box. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Uh, Well, yes, I I mean, I I just want to thank you for this time and and praise God for this time together. Um, And I want to thank you for um, this beautiful ministry of of Catholic moms. Uh, I actually have a mother's prayer group. Um, They're called Mother's Prayers. It's it's a group that's founded in 1991 in England uh, where moms and grandmothers come together and they pray for their children. Because I'm sure that, you know, um, the, the deepest sorrow of our age really is is moms, Catholic moms, whose kids don't practice their faith anymore. So, yeah. you know, your prayers are so important because it's the prayers and the tears of St. Monica that converted her son, St. Augustine, the great St. Augustine. And so mother's prayers are very powerful. And so I, in my parish, I encourage the mother's prayer group. I encourage the young moms group so that moms can come together and support one another. You know, there is no perfect way to be a mom. No one ever has is, is able to practice how to be a mom, you know, yes. because even if, even when you practice with your first kid, well, the second kid comes on, he's completely different, yes. you know, has challenges. So, you know, how do you practice with these things? We need the grace of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus says, you know, do not worry about what you're going to say or what you're going to do, but the Holy Spirit will show you at the time, right? 
And I'm sure, you know, that's what he wants to say to moms and dads as well. Yes. That, you know, if we rely on God's strength and God's wisdom, and, and one way to hook into God's wisdom, to plug into that, is to pray the rosary. Pray the rosary. Yes, yes. yes. To our blessed mother, you know, and it's through the rosary, through, the rosary is like fine-tuning our antennae, so that we're really, you know, we're ready to listen to what God is telling us. So that in the middle of the day, when we might be wondering what to say to our kid or how to deal with some difficulty or how to cope with that, you know, we're already attuned to God's voice because we've been praying. Mm-hmm. And that can happen in those in time. So thank you very much. And, and uh, I, I really pray for moms throughout the world and for your group and for all those who joined us today. Yeah, thank you, Father. And and so, again, for those of you, um, you know, just, again, there's the book, Praying the Rosary with Sacred Mysteries. I also encourage you to watch the movie, uh, Bridge of Roses. I also encourage you to uh, sign up for the Confraternity of the Most Holy Rosary. I say if even one person signs up as a result of today, then uh, that would be a beautiful, beautiful fruit. And if you would like to start a Catholic moms group, you know, visit our website. I always say it's three words. It's not hard to remember. Catholicmomsgroup.com. <laughs> How simple is that? Um, and so thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us. Um, I don't want to let you go. <laughs> no, just, it's such a blessing and a grace to, uh, to have you here. Wait, is there someone that, that did ask a question? Why do I see, okay, here's a question just before we sign off. Why do I see and hear the poor souls in purgatory and not saints in purgatory? Well, if they're saints, they're not going to be in purgatory. They're going to be in heaven. I don't, you know, but so someone's asking, why do I hear the poor souls in purgatory and not the saints in purgatory? That's one question that came up. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by see and hear them, but if you do see and hear, um, you know, the dead, um, my, my best advice is to have a mass offered for whoever it is you see and hear, if you can recognize them, or just for the holy souls in purgatory or the poor souls, as you call them, in purgatory. Um, yes, Dorothy, you're right. If you're a saint, they're in heaven. And so they do not generally need our prayer. We need their prayers. Whereas the holy souls, the poor souls in purgatory, they need our prayers. And that's why if they do make themselves known to us somehow, uh, if we see and hear them, it's because they're asking for our prayers. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, a remarkable book, uh, too, by Maria Sima. It's called Get Us Out of Here. Um, if you want to have a mystical experience or two, um, I've bought several cases of that book and uh, I've given them out as gifts because, you know, really, really are remarkable. Um, Blessed Carlo Acutis, we've recently received uh, his first class relic. And I know that he had a strong devotion to the holy souls or the souls in purgatory. And whenever I'm planning either a conference or a midday mom such as this, I always say that the souls in purgatory are my secret weapon, you know, like <laughs> if there's a prayer that hasn't been answered, or if I'm trying to discern something, if I offer just, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and offer this decade up for the souls in purgatory. 
um, just remarkable things happen. And um, my mom used to, my mom was a very, very, very strong promoter of praying for the souls in purgatory. And, and, and so your kids need to hear from you, right? Your kids need to hear from you. Um, okay, I'm just going to, okay, so I'm going to just again, thank you, Father. Thank you for your time. Um, I, I hope that we'll have reason. You have to write another book stop to interview you again. <laughs> I hope we'll have reason to, to chat again. Thank you very much. And uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Remember, we have uh, Advent Retreat, an in-person Advent Retreat coming up December the 3rd. And next week, Thursday, we also have uh, another Midday Mom session. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Father. And um, I always encourage the moms that join us today to pray a rosary for our guest. So I hope moms today will pray a rosary for Father Liu. Can you please remember that? That's our tradition to pray a rosary for our speaker, for our guest. So we'll be praying for you, Father. Um, we love you and uh, you have a special place in my heart, I think given to me by our Blessed Mother. So it was a real honor to have the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye now. <laughs>